celebrate resurrection. Why, why is that? Because we're remembering not the work and the knowledge of man, but the sacrifice made by one man for all men so that we could come to the knowledge of not only him, Jesus, the Christ in faith, but that so we could have access to the Father, grow spiritually mature, uh, win souls for the Lord, uh, and see the kingdom of God expanded. Um, and and so, um, the, the other the other day, um, actually last night, I was like, okay, Lord, what do you? I know you want me to talk about kingdom expansion, and what what should I what should I talk about? And I'm busy. I'm paying the bills. I paid the gas bill. I paid the water bill, and the trash bill, and then I get down to the the light bill. And then the Holy Spirit said, the light has arrived. The light has arrived. And I, st I sat there and said, oh, uh, you mean the Edison bill has arrived? No. He said, the light has arrived. And he led me to John chapter 12, uh, 12 through 19. This pretty much says it all. But this is a prophetic teaching. This is a prophetic word. I get really excited about uh, the, the prophetic in the word because we're looking at it line by line, but we're also uh, delving deep into what the Lord is actually saying. He, he said he said something way back when and he's expecting us 2000 plus years later to really dive deep because he's speaking to you and to us right now through this verse. So the Bible continues, and it says, The next day when the large crowd who had come to the Passover feast heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem, they took branches of palm trees in homage to him as king and went out to meet him. And they began shouting and kept shouting, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, even the king of Israel. So, the Bible says the next day when the large crowd had come to the Passover feast, they heard Jesus was coming to Jerusalem. Jesus wasn't even there yet. And the light was already there. An unusual light had entered the city and it was like a prophetic word mankind was there getting excited for they wanted to see what jesus was going to do he had a far-reaching reputation by this time but really what was in front of them was the the ability or the choice are you going to believe that the light is coming or are you going to reject the light's arrival? What will you do when the light has arrived? Jesus is the light. He is the light in the time of darkness. He is the light when you can't see a darn thing. Pastor Rick, are you talking about the light in a dark room? I'm talking about the light in a dark room of your life. Jesus is the light. You cannot see. This is not flip a switch time. 
This does not pay the Edison bill so that the light doesn't go out because the, the light doesn't need the things of man to shine. The light was already shining even before he arrived to Jerusalem. Verse 14. And Jesus, finding a young donkey, sat on it, just as it is written, Do not fear, daughter of Zion. Behold, your king is coming, seated on a donkey's colt. His disciples did not understand the meaning of these things at first. I want to stop right there. You may not understand the call of Jesus upon your life at first, but when the light starts to shine in the darkness of your light, of your life, you will understand it afterwards. You may not understand everything at first, but it is coming. And in order to understand everything, you need the light in your life. They didn't understand it. But when Jesus was glorified and exalted, they remembered that these things had been written about him and had been done to him. The world was in expectation, but it did not know what they were expecting. They were in expectation of Jesus coming into the city before he got there. You know, I heard about this guy. I heard about Jesus making miracles. I heard about his life. I heard about the people following him. I'm getting kind of excited. But they really didn't know what was going to happen to them. They really didn't know that something so supernatural was going to happen. Verse 17. So the people who were with him when he had called Lazarus out of the tomb and raised him from the dead continued to tell others about him. You cannot, just as Pastor Alam said, you cannot live a life of expecting Jesus, finding Jesus, and not speaking about him. You need to speak what you have seen. You need to speak what Christ has spoken to you, what the Holy Spirit has revealed to you. For this reason, the crowd went to meet him because they heard that he had performed these, these miraculous signs. See, there, there, there's nothing wrong with uh, a following Jesus, hoping that one day he's going to do something even extra special, miraculous. So there's nothing wrong with expecting that. That's, you know, you, you, it's the first sign. How will they know unless they, unless they see something? God understood that. Jesus understood that. This is the reason for, you know, one of the reasons for the miracles. They needed to see something in a life when they were used to not seeing anything. They were living religious lives, and there's no miracles in religiosity. So they kept, they kept following him. Something's going to happen when he gets to Jerusalem. I don't know what. I got this funny feeling. We're about to watch something so miraculous. We're going to see something that Jesus is going to do that we have never seen man do before.
Then the Pharisees, good old Pharisees. You got to love the Pharisees. You know, when somebody, yeah, I, I'm going to, when, when there's a little kid, little baby, little, 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 little tiny little child, and they do something so ridiculous. You know, I, I don't know what it is. They, they just do something so ridiculous. You just say, how cute that is. Oh, and you're thinking to your head, oh, you know, nobody taught him how to do that, but he's doing it completely backwards. And that's kind of like the Pharisees. They just kept banging up their head the whole life of Jesus and afterwards banging their heads, banging their heads because they couldn't get the truth of what was right before them. They're here, the Bible says, and they argued and they said to one another, hey, this, this guy's coming. Look, you're, you're saying, you see that your efforts are futile? Look, the whole world has gone running after him. The one thing they did see, though, they saw the crowds accumulating. You know, they saw the crowds accumulating and they were following Jesus. They weren't following the Pharisees because you don't follow religion. They didn't know why they were following Jesus. One of the reasons why they were following Jesus because they didn't know what to make of him. The people didn't know what to make of him. So they were following their heart, their curiosity. Isn't that what happens when you get into the Word of God? Aren't you curious about more? When you want more, that means you're curious. When you start going through the pages of the Word of God and you're not satisfied with one thing, oh, no, I don't understand that, you move on to something else, you could have put the Bible down. You could have argued with your family and said, I'm out of here. I'm done with this thing. This is, I'm going to go into, the, into life and do what life needs. But there's something, something coming down the pipeline. Something they, they can't make, they can't make heads or tails of Jesus yet because he hasn't arrived. He's still, he's still coming to Jerusalem. The arriving light has caused a frenzy. The one thing that we do know is the religious spirit that the Pharisees were infected with was on alert. They may not have plotted and planned to already do away with him, but that spirit knew from the beginning that Jesus was going to be a problem. He was going to be a divider of our way of life. He was going to be a kind of a smothering of the religious uh, flame and now was going to give the Gentile and the Jewish community a new and fresh perspective. You need a relationship with God the Father. You don't need a relationship through religion. And Jesus was affording that. He was going to start preparing the way, so to speak, just as as as, uh, as John had had spoke, uh, prophetically spoke, prepare the way. Make make the way straight. They just prepare the prepare the, the journey. The things that need to be prepared. Prepare. Make a way. In your life, via Jesus, so that you can get to the Father. Job twenty four. Uh, right around verse 13, I think uh, maybe 13 through 17. There are those who rebel against the light. They do not know its ways. 
nor abide in its path. The eye of the adulterer waits for the twilight, saying, no eye will see me. Isn't that just like man? Covering what they think can be covered. And God speaks across the eons and said, no sin will be unrevealed. No sin will be left unturned. You cannot hide your sin in the dark any longer. Not that you ever could. But the Pharisees had convinced the people that through religion in all of these years, they could do something that they could not actually do. They could no longer place their sin in the dark because the light was coming. No eye will see me, and he disguises his faith, his face. For the morning is the same to them as the shadow of death. If someone recognizes them, they are in the terrors of the shadow of death. And the Holy Spirit spoke, and he said, no light, no revelation. No light, no security. And no light, no conviction. I don't know anyone who says, yeah, that's okay. I, I don't mind being convicted. No. You're lying. Nobody wants to be convicted. But everybody needs to be convicted. You can't progress forward when the light is present without conviction. You need the conviction to move forward. Otherwise, you stay in the dark. And when you stay in the dark, you're not safe. You are fair game to the demonic. You are fair game to, the, to Satan. Okay? You need revelation because without revelation, you're walking into walls. You're speaking nonsense, and you are not promoting the kingdom of God. You're demoting the kingdom of God. So you need to open up the windows, and you need the light to come in, just as the light was coming to Jerusalem to a people that were curious about Jesus. Matthew chapter 10, verses 26 and 27. Therefore, do not fear them. For there is nothing covered that will not be revealed and hidden that will not be known. Whatever I tell you in the dark, speak in the light. And what you hear in the ear, preach on the housetops. The light kind of has a way of not, not making you quiet. The light has a way, just as Pastor had mentioned, of offending people. Ever walk into a Home Depot? And in the light aisle, light bulb aisle, they've got like 50 million different types of light bulbs. You only need one light to turn a light on in the room, but there are some people out there that like yellow light. Others like UV light. Others like soft light. Others like real light. What is real light? Isn't that what we're, it, without real light, you can't see? If it's fake light, it's still light. But it 
What makes somebody reach for that, oh, I want that three-way light? Because one of the other two lights that are attached to the three light is offensive. I need to move from the next light. I need to go to the other light. I'm feeling kind of moody today. The light brings exposure to the covered and the hidden. The Holy Spirit told me, the light, Pastor Rick, why don't you just say the Holy Spirit? Because the Holy Spirit said, this is about the light. This is about something that had not been sent. Later on, Jesus is going to send his Holy Spirit in Acts. We'll, we'll, we'll read about that one of these days. But he's talking about what came with Jesus, what surrounded Jesus, what Jesus represented. You can't have revelation. You cannot have vision. You can't have vision. I don't care. People say, I don't believe in the Holy Spirit, but I understand everything in the word of God. Liar. You are a liar of the worst kind because you're believing that you think you have revelation, but you can't have revelation until you have Jesus or until you have the Holy Spirit. But the light brings exposure even in that uh, 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 kind of frame of mind. It kind of brings out ignorance. It brings it out so you can make a decision to do something with it. You either deal with the, the ignorance that is within you because the light is showing you something about yourself that can or cannot be used by the kingdom of God, or you do nothing with it and shove it in the darkness. But a day will come when it will come out because the light will force it out. The light brings words to speak from the highest places of royalty. The kingdom of God speaks. He speaks through the light of Jesus. Jesus is getting closer. He's at the front gate. They're letting him in. People have gathered. There's something that causes them to do what we celebrate. You have to understand the mindset at the time was that the majority of the Jewish uh, believers or Jewish uh, that identify with with uh, Jewish uh, Judaism, they were expecting a king, an earthly king. They were expecting tall, dark, riding a big old horse. Instead, they got someone who did not look like that, riding a donkey, and a young donkey at that. But what they did was unique. It was spiritual. They began to put palms on the ground so that the donkey's feet would not raise up dust to show a sign of respect. And they were making the way. They were doing, without knowing what they were doing, what John had spoken out in the desert, make, make a way. They were making a way, and they didn't know they were making a way. Jesus had entered the city, and they were at 
a unique time in their lives. They had a decision in front of them, but they didn't even know what that decision was yet because Jesus was going to be was going to start turning, turning some heads. He had already had the attention of the Pharisees. I'm sure he had the attention of the Sadducees, and he's pretty much going to start turning the hens, heads of the Roman of the Romans that control the area. It's kind of like today. Nobody wants the light that's within you to shine. They would rather cancel you if they can. But the light has a way of canceling the cancel culture because even at Jesus' time, there were the cancel culture. The Pharisees represented that. They wanted to cancel Jesus from the, from the get-go. They hadn't, they hadn't verbalized that thought yet. All they could do was argue among themselves, argue among the people. What are you looking at? What do you, what do you think you're going to find? But it had started. It was, like a, it was like a machine. They couldn't make it. They couldn't make out what that machine was. But it was unstoppable. And would always be unstoppable. Isaiah 59 verses 9 through 10. We look for light. But there is darkness. For brightness. But we walk in blackness. We grope for the wall like the blind. And we grope as if we had no eyes. We're not talking about natural light. There was something that was getting ready to open the eyes of the people in such a unique fashion that they wouldn't have known what to do with it. Without light, sure, we, we stumble in the dark and our direction is blurred, but there's always something a little dimness in the corner the light never goes out the light never goes out and it's like a candle in a room and you can depends on how you look at it it's a dark room with the candle or you can say look it's a candle and the dark is running from the candle first that's uh, thessalonians chapter 5 verse 5 through 8 You are all sons of the light and sons of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and let us be sober. For those who sleep, they sleep at night. And those who get drunk are drunk at night but let us who are of the day be sober putting on the breastplate of faith and love and as a helmet the hope of salvation the light establishes your identity if you say I don't know who I am then you've got a bigger a bigger problem you need to know who you are because you're still in darkness. Don't let the world 
tell you who you are. Let the word remind you who you are. This revelation calls for action by you. Jesus' arrival in Jerusalem on that Sunday, riding a coat upon a road of palms represents a revelation for you. Reminding you there's something that you need to take action. You no longer are blind because the light has given you vision. But with light, can, is, it, is it possible to have too much light in a room? I, I don't think so. I mean, you have filters and you have all these things going on. I, I mean, as bright as the sun, as bright as the sun. We don't have the ability to, you know what, it sure is bright out here, but we still do the things that we do in the, in the light. We can't lower down the brightness of the sun like we can lower down certain lights in our house. So we live our life with the sun overhead. And we live our life with Jesus Christ overhead. Reminding us that on this day, thousands of years ago, something had started that was going to get bigger in just a few days. Remember in the Garden of Eden, you have Adam and you have Eve and Adam was walking with God in the coolness of the night and Eve stumbles upon a tree with a serpent and the serpent says to Eve, you want to be like God? You want to be bigger than God? You want to be smarter than God? Then yeah, yeah come on, what, what do you mean? Eat this. Go ahead, it's tasty, it's lovely. And she does. But that wasn't enough. She hands it to, to Adam. And what did he what did he say later? I always thought this was like, oh, this is so this is so man. This is so mankind. This is so humanity. He goes, Look, God, it's the it's the the, the helpmate that you gave me. She's the one that gave it to me kind of like that old flip wilson the devil made me do it no accountability but before that god said not to eat not to touch lest you die of course mankind comes along this wasn't a woman thing or a man thing it was the a mankind thing And now something had been set in motion. The words of God, lest you die, rang over mankind thousands of years. And Jesus was the answer. Jesus came to fulfill what God had proclaimed. If this had never happened, and it was starting to ramp up, we would die. We would be eternally separated from the Father because of 
sin. And Jesus was on the way to rescue us as the answer, otherwise, uh, otherwise known as the propitiation of sin, the satisfaction of the debt to the owner. Payee dealing with, you know, I, I know people that have come in and they paid their debt off their uh, their debt for their children. They, they bought their house, they go and they or, or their car, or they pay off their credit cards, or they pay off something. They satisfied the debt, the earthly debt. But Jesus, on his way into Jerusalem, was the answer manifested. For our salvation. For our. Just call it what it, what it is. Just, let, let's just make it more human. He saved me. He saved us. But there's still. Something that has to be done. There's still the need. To accept him. For what he did. By faith. And when we accept him by faith, we become part of that work, and now we can access the Father. Pharisees only knew God through the scrolls. Stopped right there. Screeching halt. Couldn't go beyond that. Driving too fast. This is why they read them over and over and over again, to remind them of about how ignorant, really, they were. And we find people doing that again. It's taking a different twist. It might not be Judaistic, if that's, if that's even a word, but it is denominational. And it becomes a poison, and Jesus was the answer for that poison on the way to free us so that we could be with our Father in the presence, in the throne room. No middleman, no distribution, no, 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 no error along the way. It always brings the picture to my mind how scary it must have been to be a, a I think, a Levitical priest as they went into the Holy of Holies. They had that little string tied to their feet. Why the string? Well, if they said they were holy, which a lot of people say, they say they're Christian, they say they worship and truly understand God and all of this, and then he goes into the Holy of Holies, and oops, he really didn't sacrifice he really didn't do whatever he was supposed to do to make himself clean before the Lord and drops dead. Big old sack of bones. And they pulled him out. Dead. Like dead in your faith. Like a dead Christian. But here's an opportunity for you to revisit. It's... You don't have to revisit the whole thing. It's not a what I used to be, not even what I used to be kind of thing. This is dealing with the supposed new man condition. This new man condition was right on top of that donkey. 
That was the new man. That's why he's referred to the, the, the new Adam. The, this, this is the newness that has arrived for us to be saved. He, Jesus represents a perspective to look at not someone else, but to look at ourselves and deal with our perversions, our oddities, and our hu human condition so that we can become better than ever. Or at least better towards what God has expected us to be. Jesus represents that today, Palm Sunday.